0: You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode five, brought to you by One Heck of a Show. One Heck of a Show is a comedy, music, and variety show filmed on the Full Sail campus and hosted by Cal Hankerman. You can check it out for free at oneheckofashow.com.
1: Welcome to episode five, everyone. Tonight, we are going to talk about the five things on our radar for this week. As always, we will be talking about The Night Begins to Shine, a new comic book, Redlands, Atomic Blonde, and tonight we'll be featuring our first guest, Cal Hankerman, comedian and host of One Heck of a Show, so stick around for that. And the last thing that we were going to talk about was actually DuckTales, but in a sad twist of fate, we've decided to
0: talk about something else. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a sad surprise for Rob, so so stay tuned, folks.
2: Oh, what? <sighs> All right. Well, heads up, guys, this is a review show. There's going to be spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. We will introduce each topic before we discuss it, so that gives you an opportunity to skip forward, come back later, check it out, see what, see what you think. So don't say we didn't warn you. All right, guys. So, uh, what's been going on? Anything new?
1: I finally got around to seeing a movie I've been really excited about called The Belko Experiment. Oh,
2: and... I saw that. What'd you think?
0: Uh, I thought it was terrible.
2: Oh well, I can't fault you.
0: Thought it was absolutely <laughs> awful. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned that to me the other day at work, and I was like, "Oh, how was it?" And you just kind of put thumbs down and went. Pfft. I did. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that a big, big crap that. test. Yeah, I actually made a huge Costco mistake. I went over to Costco really hungry, and now I have to figure out what to do with a case of thirty two Twinkies. You can
1: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> You can bring them to work.
0: Uh, bring them to work? Okay. I'm cause. sure Jimmy will help you with this. I wanted oh, I one Twinkie. I did. I wanted one Twinkie, but I was at Costco, so now I have to figure out what to do with thirty two Twinkies. So nice. uh, sorry, thirty one Twinkies because one of them did get eaten. That's been my exciting week.
2: I actually found a uh, a new show that I kinda like. Um I don't know if you're familiar. Well, I know you're familiar with um, uh, True Blood, um, but apparently the writer of the writer of True Blood has started a new show called Midnight Texas, which actually isn't too bad. I'm enjoying it.
0: I'll have to check it out. Okay, so um, Rob seems really happy with his new show. So um, I, I don't like it when Rob's happy. Bad things happen. So um, we were going to talk about Ducktales. We had a little bit prepared on Ducktales. I watched it oh, with my son, um, and then across. The Facebook feeds of many of my friends, I saw that Universal Studios has announced for Halloween Horror Nights that this is the very last year for The Bill and Ted Show. What? Oh, no.
2: Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's like one of my favorite things from the – oh.
0: I know you – You well, you don't have to make me go because I enjoy it as well.
2: Screw you, Universal.
0: So, <laughs> Now, I, I'm, some of you guys do not know about The Bill and Ted Show, and you might be like, well, why does it matter that a movie from the 90s – is a big deal And Is it from the 80- oh, From 1989 isn't it Close Yeah And then and then another one Came out in like 92 or so yeah. But anyway um, Halloween Horror Nights Has actually run a live Bill and Ted show Since uh, 1992 Where it's not so much About Bill and Ted As Bill and Ted Is the vehicle to just Parody everything That's going on So it could be You know Political stuff It can be You know Kylo Ren It could be the Avatar theme park Which we've been so fond Of talking about They it have could be... sex With their t- they do. They do. So they parody as much stuff, you know, superhero movies, anything they could possibly think of. And it's apparently going away this year. Um, That's unfortunate. And I don't think it's going away for any sort of um, nefarious reason. I don't think it's a licensing thing. I don't think it's a lack of interest. But, you know, they the, the guy that runs it, the producer of the show, um, did say something along the lines of, the show's this year's show is everything you'd expect from Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure it's relevant it's ridiculous it's irreverent it's edgy and at the end of the day it's just a good time and that was Jason Horn who's the, who's produced the show for 7 years um so yeah, he's he's a big fan of the show obviously he's done it for for so many years but it's going to be sad to see it go obviously. so sorry Rob I had to crush your hopes
2: i i am really disappointed about that cuz like i said i mean it's it is one of my favorite um, my favorite features of Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, I, I I do love going to Halloween Horror Nights and seeing the haunted houses. Um, I really enjoy the set design of the haunted houses. But Bill and Ted's was that other thing that I would go and look forward to just to see what it was they were going to do and see what it was they were going to poke fun at. Um, Some years, you know, was a miss. I mean, there were some years I've gone and I was like, well, you know, that really wasn't all that good. But for the most part, I mean, it's usually a good time. I go, I enjoy the show. Um, and I, I'm really disappointed that they're getting rid of it. I I hope that they plan on doing something in its place because w- I mean, for me, without without Bill and Ted's at Halloween Horror Nights, I mean, it it just it's gonna seem like Halloween Horror Nights is just missing something. Um, it's also maybe gonna just, leave
0: a lot more crowds to be getting in those long, long, long lines.
2: Oh, oh I know. And it, it it just seems like I mean, do, do you are they planning on replacing it with anything?
0: Okay, so here's where I might. Brighten your day a little bit. um I did. I did a little bit of research. I don't have any idea the validity of this. Validity of this, um but you know the location of the theater. It's all the way in the back of the park.
2: Yeah, it's uh, where it, the Fear Factor is, I believe.
0: Yeah, and it's right next to the Harry Potter, the London portion of Harry Potter, right? right um Correct. So I think what there's King's what, Cross. Is that what it is, King's Cross? Yes, I believe so. So I think what I read, and I don't know if it's true or not, that they're thinking about doing a. Um, Uh, Oh, shoot. I had it written down, but I kept it as initials. Um, A, oh, yeah. Okay, so I think what they're going to do is a Ministry of Magic experience for Harry Potter. And what it's going to be like is kind of an all-encompassing, almost one-on-one tour of the Ministry of Magic. Like kind of like a cross between just walking around in Diagon Alley and using the wands with the, the little LED things that, or the RFID things that allow you to like move stuff. and. With a host, kind of like when you buy your wands at Ollivander's. So they bring you in, okay. they tour you around the Ministry of Magic, and you get to do various things with your wands and stuff like that.
2: Well, I mean that'll that'll be interesting, and that'll be fun, and I'll definitely I'll definitely go to that because I mean I'm I, I really love the Harry Potter area. I think they've done a fantastic job with it. But I mean that that has nothing to do with with um, Halloween Horror Nights sure. and. And there there are other locations that they could continue to do the Bill and Ted show at. I mean they have other stages in – Yeah, Universal they've got Studios. the Pet
0: Actors stage, which yeah. is not too far away from there.
2: Yeah. I mean they've they've got other venues that they could actually put the show at. So it, it makes me wonder whether or not there's, there's some kind of issue with the show, whether it be licensing or something like that. But, I mean, like I said, I mean for me, Bill and Ted's has been a fixture at Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm really going to be disappointed to see it go – um, if they just if they just ax the show and don't put anything else in it, I I I mean I gotta say that that Halloween Horror Nights will definitely lose something for me. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that I could honestly like get, I mean I don't know that I could honestly give them like any five star ratings after having Bill and Ted and then having them take it away and then not not fill that void. I mean if they don't fill that void, I'm gonna be really disappointed.
0: Rob needs his void filled. Universal fill Rob's void. Fill my void,
2: Universal. Do it. <laughs>
0: And if
1: that void does not get filled, you can fully expect next year for the Give Me Five Excellent Adventure. Ah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, that that, that is kind of disappointing. I'm sad to hear that. But that means we will be going to Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure several times this year, and I may, I may make an effort to go to the very last show.
0: We will definitely be covering Halloween Horror Nights in full, especially um, because I know Specifically, Rob and I go probably eight times every year, if not more. Yeah,
2: usually. uh, At least that.
0: So, uh, Jimmy, uh, I believe you pulled a Greg this week and want to review a comic book. Yes, I do. Um, And the funny thing
1: about that is you are the one who introduced it to me, not because you read it, but you read a description of it. You showed the description to me. You shoved your phone in my face after a meeting, and you said you've got to read the description of this book. And based on that description and the cover art, I immediately called my local comic shop where I hold a subscription, and they had never heard of it. So I called another comic shop. They had one copy left. I went and grabbed it. The book is called Redland, and it is created by Iser Award winner Jordi Belair and Vanessa Del Rey with Clayton Coles. Um, the book is set in uh, the fictitious town of Redlands, Florida, uh, relevant, in 1977 and the town is very set in old ways um you've got your you know boss hog kind of sheriff and they are hunkered down in the precinct or not even precinct because it's such a small town it's just a a sheriff's office with that kind of one cell you know the one drunk tank but they're uh Everyone's frantic inside and there's this tree on fire outside and you don't really know what's going on at first. They're boarding up the doors. There's quite a few cops inside there. There are prisoners in the cell and the prisoners all whole time are kind of snarky harassing almost the, um, the people on the other side of the bars. But you don't know really what it is at first that they're boarding up against. It could be, you know, zombies. It could be, you know, they say the town is under siege. Well, they kind of allude to hanging these three witches, and I pronounced that wrong intentionally um, <laughs> because that's not the exact word that they use. So, and it shows this the the tree that's on fire, and it's got three nooses hanging from the tree. Well, they are hunkered down inside of the sheriff's office because they have hung three women whom they've accused of witchcraft, um, and they've lost track of them. They're not there anymore. So you've got this supernatural kind of force. This this young girl kind of comes out of the darkness. She she's walking towards the precinct, and a man runs out to grab her, and he is what I can only describe as beheaded supernaturally. So the uh, the comic sold that to me. <laughs> yeah uh, the the comic is is pretty gritty. It's pretty dark. The art style is uh, very sketchy. But not without
0: detail. It's, it's a very beautifully drawn book. Uh, yeah, I looked up the artist because a new story, I wanna, and I had not heard the artist's name. Her name is Vanessa Del Rey. Yep, and, based out of Miami. And she does very, a very broad style. There's some stuff that's yes. very very sketchy, very dark inks. There's other stuff that's very watercolor and softer. Hmm. And she's done some great work, and I can definitely see how that, some of that stuff would definitely fit what you're describing.
1: Yeah, the uh, the cover, you know, she did the cover, and it's it's not a hundred percent realistic, but it does have, have that kind of water watercolor feel to it. It's a it's a severed hand amongst a a group of snakes, and that in contrast with the sketchy kind of style in the book, the very moody ink work is either very orange and vibrant from the you know light of the tree, and when they're talking to the inmates who maybe they're not the bad ones as you come to find out in the book. But you have this very sickly green tent um, when they do show the the prisoners. Um, There is an absolutely amazing panel in there where the little girl I mentioned earlier comes down the stairs because she wants to see the bad men. And you think she might be talking about the people behind bars? She could be talking about the people inside the sheriff's office, but a subject from above um, asks, hey, is everything OK down there? And when the person turns and says, oh, yeah, hey, you know, besides all the messed up junk that's going on outside, you see just kind of in the, the corner, this little girl uh, has grown horns and she turns on the subject and it's just it, it almost plays out like not so much a jump scare, but. It seems very cinematic. It it very much is, and and that's that's what I'm trying to say. It it plays out very much like the a genuinely creepy scene in a in a scary movie. Not a cheap jump scare. It is great. It's just a, another one. You know, I can't wait to see where it goes.
2: Can we um, know that it's completely fictional based on the fact that somebody has a basement in Florida? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, when I saw the the book was about witches. And in Florida, I was immediately reminded of Casadega, which mm. is the actual real witch town. Yes, um, spiritualist camp. Now, now that you're describing it, apparently it has nothing to do with that. However, have any of you guys been there? Because I have not. I have, yes. To Casadega. No. Ha, ha, you I, haven't been, Rob? Rub- it is, um, it's
1: very much, you know, now that you say that, the kind of structure, at least of the, the sheriff's office in the comic, does kind of re- remind me of the you know the some of the buildings in Casadega i've been there several times um it's it's worth going once uh definitely if you want your palm red or you want to do yoga um it's they've got a really cool gift shop where you can find a lot of things that that you can't really find anywhere else i feel like we should only say nice things about that that town it's it's neat uh everyone there is super friendly uh most of it, it is, I, I believe, the last time I checked, it's the highest uh, concentration of psychics and mediums in the world um, in Casadega. And generally, I think most of the people there are retired and they do palm readings and psychic readings. That's how they earn their money. They're all very nice. They're kind of just sitting on their porches, rocking back and forth. If you approach them, say, hey, I'd like my my future told my palm read, you certainly can. They have a lot of events. And it you know it really is a neat town. Uh and where, definitely worth where checking. Uh, it's um around the land Orlando. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not far away. Not very far at all. Very tiny place. Worth checking out. Very very small. It's been on the travel channel and I don't know how I think it was how... featured in an X-Files episode as well. Possibly. Nice. All right. It's I took a friend of mine there. We
0: walked around and they said that's it. I said, yeah, that's it. So let's move on to our next topic. Rob, yes. I think we want to hear from you.
2: Fair enough. Um I actually had a chance to go see another movie. Surprise, surprise, because that's kind of my thing. <laughs> um, but I got a chance to go check out Atomic Blonde. Did uh, either of you get a chance to see that yet?
1: I, I have know. not yet.
2: Oh, Greg, you're going to love it, Jimmy. I think you'll probably really like it too. Um, the movie the movie itself was was actually really enjoyable. I liked it a lot. Um, sh- sh- oh, Charlize Theron is just fantastic. I mean, I love her and just about everything she does. Um, but she's she's somewhat believable as like a combo John Wick 007 type type character. Um, she she kicks butt as a female agent and it's fantastic to watch. Um, James McAvoy uh, plays opposite her as the male lead and he does a fantastic job as well. Um, for those who don't know James McAvoy, uh, you probably might recognize him more as uh, the new Professor X in the in the recently rebooted X Men series.
1: Um, and uh many different characters in the movie split which was actually a pleasant surprise yes
2: yes, yes. um but he was uh, he was actually excellent in this movie as well um now the thing that i noticed most about the movie and i think that it'll tie into our next topic very well um was that the movie had a completely epically awesome 80s soundtrack to it,
0: it Gee, if only it, we knew some people that like that
2: i know right it was set during the fall of the Berlin Wall, so it was set in mm. East Germany um, around the time that the Berlin Wall was falling, Okay. or actually, in or at the time the Berlin Wall was falling, because it was actually they, they kept playing it like in news clips and stuff while they were going back and forth between East and West Berlin, um, and it was it was it was a decent uh, it was it was a great action movie, uh, a lot of really good intrigue, good action. Charlize Theron was awesome. James McAvoy, also. Very good as well, but the thing that really sold it for me was the 80s soundtrack. And I leaned over, I leaned over to uh, Jen a couple of times during the movie, and I was like, "I think I want to go buy this soundtrack. This is great."
1: (laughs) Yeah, there. I'm I'm looking at the track listing right now, and you've got uh, "The Killing Moon" by Echo and the Bunnymen, uh, Commissar by Falco, "Iran" by A Flack of Seagulls, uh, "Depeche Mode" is on there, and what I found super um intriguing and I actually had to look it up and I was very skeptical about this song we won't get too far into that but Marilyn Manson and Tyler Bates actually did a cover of Stigmata by Ministry for the soundtrack and it's actually really good
0: yeah the me- Bates from the Guardians of the Galaxy score but I did not know that he did a cover of of the of a Ministry song which is great yeah, yeah. it's really good might have picked that up sound- as well
2: the soundtrack really tied the whole movie together. It was fantastic. I, it, that was what stood out the most for me in this movie was the soundtrack. Now, I, I love Charlize Theron and James McAvoy. They were both fantastic, but the soundtrack was what sold the movie for me. It was
0: yeah, What I noticed, what I remember from that movie when I saw the trailer, it, it seemed very, first of all, cool. Like, you know, wearing sunglasses, you're cool. But also a very cool tone movie like the color grading. If you guys don't know what color grading is, it's the overall color of the movie. It's the you know altering the color of the movie. It seemed to have very blue gray kind of tones to it.
2: Yeah, it, it it made it seem like the entire movie was filmed in like an overcast sky. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very tech noir. And yeah, I really want to see it. I just have not had a chance. Um you know, life gets in the way of seeing awesome movies sometimes, but I'm it's on my list. So. It's worth it. Well, thank you, Rob. You've just cost me some money again. You're welcome. <clears throat> I guess I'm up. Actually, all of us are up. Because the
2: eight, the awesome 80s soundtrack ties into... Greg?
0: Actually, a lot of things kind of tie in together this week, which is kind of cool. The Night Begins to Shine, which was a four-part Teen Titans miniseries that I just had to watch. And I'll, I'll give a little bit of background. I'd seen the commercial a bunch of times. I never really watched Teen Titans, because as... You've heard me say a bunch of times not a fan of that style of style of animation mm-hmm. but there was a day I was I had to do a little bit of work and was just really tired of the same cartoons my kid watches over and over again cuz there's only like 20 or so episodes of Paw Patrol and of other things so I'm like <laughs> so I'm like let's see what's I, yes. on the car- what's on Cartoon Network so what I did was I put on Cartoon Network and Teen Titans was on and it was like one of those marathons on the weekend it turned out I was actually, like, I wasn't really watching it, but it was just funny because it was a lot of parody and stuff. So I know the Teen Titans Go! show is, a lot of people kind of bash it because it doesn't have as good of an animation style as the previous Teen Titans show. Teen Titans, but But they're aware of that, and they make fun of it. And every episode they make fun of something, whether it's breaking the fourth wall on a lot of things, where it's, you know, 90s comics, where it's just...
1: Having to wash their clothes after they fight a bad guy.
0: Yeah, just like and whose turn it is yeah so during this thing they were playing a bunch of commercials for this and like i got this song stuck in my head and like the next day i'm like singing this song (laughs) i'm like what is that from
2: say no more because when i look at you i can see the story in your eyes yeah
0: (laughs) when i look at you i see the story in your eyes Something like that. So i like singing it, and I'm like, what is that from? And then um, I ended up finally registering the fact that it was a commercial for a miniseries. So you get me with a cartoon miniseries, and it immediately brings me back to the G.I. Joe cartoons that I used to watch yes. religiously instead oh, yeah. of watching anything to do with Saved by the Bell. Hey, I watched both. No excuses. Yeah. And, both, and the big G.I. Joe episodes, the cool ones that you would rush home from school for were the week-long or five-episode-long stories. The introduction
2: um, of Serpentor. Hey. Yeah, you,
0: you, Actually, you, you jumped me there. The Rise, Serpentor, Arise. the G.I. Joe yeah. movie, uh, Real American Hero. Of course, you have your broadcast energy transmitter episodes, all that fun stuff. Quite the different animation style. Oh, yeah. So I you know, made sure that I watched The Night Begins to Shine. The first thing is, um, well, I liked it a lot. It was very weird because it was four 10-minute episodes. So, like, honestly, I thought that my DVR had screwed up when it was like i'd i'd watch it 10 minutes in and be like okay next week or next episode tomorrow blah 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 wait what next episode
1: hmm yeah it's it's very digestible yeah. I, I as as not even somebody who's watched teen titans go you know i did enjoy and i did watch teen titans uh, some years ago but you know i i kind of hated on this a little bit until i realized that hey you know i can watch this in one shot it's it's actually pretty fun when they transform and uh, you know, they draw inspiration from covers of '80s albums, mm-hmm. and you know the whole style. It uh, it's actually pretty fun.
0: So yeah, I can give a quick a quick summary, I guess. Um, their, so episode, I don't know
2: if you noticed, but their logo looks a lot like our logo. The pie. yeah,
0: it definitely that is the other thing when <laughs> it's started, a temporary logo when I did register it. It does look at the moment like our logo until we actually finish our logo. Um, so the quick summary basically: there's a band called BER. They have a song called Night Begins to Shine. It is Cyborg's favorite song. And when he listens to it, it transports him to the to a land that looks a lot like 80s albums. He goes there with the rest of the Teen Titans, and they happen upon a dragon who wants the song for himself so that he can do all sorts of evil, nefarious things. And he basically battles with them, and the rest of the Teen Titans get kicked out. Cyborg gets stuck there, and that's kind of where the episode goes from. Um... Throughout this time there's you know, it's very eighties looking with your grids and your mountains and your stuff like that. Um, of, and also you've got CeeLo Green, the actual CeeLo Green, who shows up as a cybernetic polar bear.
2: And that's fantastic.
0: CeeLo Green is the soul machine.
2: But but also the the whole the whole theme about the the power of music is a is a total eighties theme as well, where where they're all seeking the power of this song, you know. Yeah.
0: And there's also another band in there, um, Fallout Boy who basically transform into vehicles that are weaponized. So it's, it could be Mask, it could be Voltron, it could be any of those things. And they do form together into a giant robot with a sword. Nice. Um, in fact, to mention the kid again, when I was watching it with him, the robot with the sword pulls out, like, the swords start glowing, and he looks at me, and I was so proud. He's like, "That like Star Wars, right? I'm like, yes, it is, sir. Yes, Good it job, is. Good job, Greg. Yeah. Good I love you, son. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I just wept uncontrollably on the couch. So, um yeah and the song is really good. the you know, night begins to shine. it's great and there's actually if you you can listen to the album on Amazon or on you know, any of the streaming services <laughs> and it actually has different versions of the song, one done by celo, one done by the original b e r band, and of course uh one done by uh, uh Fallout boy. I enjoyed it
2: fantastic
0: and it also got me it also got me thinking about a question which we're going to cover later.
2: And I think we're actually going to have a guest host who is going to answer the question with us. So, Greg, do you want to introduce him? Because I think he's here.
0: Okay, for the fifth thing we're going to talk about today, we are going to have our very first ever special guest. And that is Mr. Cal Hankerman. He is a local Orlando comedian. He is the host of Heck of a Show, a web show, which is quite fantastic. And he plays keyboards in the band Soul Chemistry. Hello, Cal.
3: Hey, yo! What's going on, everybody? Hey, Cal. Hey, Cal. Good to have you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, not many people say that, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the, the reason why, or the reason how I know Cal, it's not because the Give Me Five podcast is, of course, blowing up through the roof yet. It is because I, I had the pleasure of teaching him. While we were teaching him, I actually had, got the opportunity to learn from him. So, when thinking about someone that I would think would be kind of a cool guest to have on our very first show with a guest, Cal immediately sprung to mind. So,
3: hey, it's it's quite, it's quite an honor. Uh my goal today is just to, you know, kind of set the bar kind of low, you know?
0: <laughs> and all 106 listeners will appreciate that. So, tell us about one heck of a show,
3: Oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing, first of all. If I can just explain it the way Trump would, it's huge, it's great, it's awesome, you know? <laughs> but no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Basically, it's, it's a show put on by students um, who are basically volunteering their time. And basically, it's aimed at showcasing what we have on our campus, what we have here in Orlando, It's a late-night talk show format, kind of like, you know, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, you know, a little bit of the, you know, Daily Show in there as well. Um, A little David Letterman-esque, you know, you get the point. And so we have a live band, everyone looks so good, and it's mostly about promoting talent, promoting great ideas, promoting Orlando, promoting Full Sail, you know, and showing the cool stuff. And I get a chance to say some jokes and do some bad dances along the way, so... (laughs)
1: that's awesome
0: yeah Yeah, i watched it i've watched it two times now to prepare um and first of all you're you're not kidding it definitely has the late night show feel or any of the late night shows not just specifically late night the um opening sequence just brings you right in there and um, you got some energy my friend
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know i eat a bag of skills before every show (laughs) Um, taste the rainbow baby
0: in a diabetic coma at the end of every show.
3: <laughs> Something like that. Something like that.
0: So, how did this uh, come to be?
3: It came to be, honestly, Greg on a napkin in Miller's L House. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many bad ideas are, again, that exact same way.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is just the one that stuck, you know? Uh, and, you know, I have a good friend named Rob, Robert Ignaziak, that was there with me. And um, usually, ideas between. He and I are pretty bad. They, uh, they smell like illegal activities. But this one was actually a good idea. And so we developed a little team. And um, after I graduated, we, um, we put a production team together. We started talking on Facebook, and we had 80 people comment on one post. And, uh, oh, wow. and we put up a small form saying, hey... We think we want to do a small show here that will showcase artists and, you know, we can tell jokes and showcase some of our student projects. You know, a lot of people do video projects and they have no place to show them. And so we could, you know, put that on the show and say, hey, this was done by a student, you know, John from Venezuela, and he can have his five minutes of fame or whatever. And so everyone was so behind it. And we put up a little form. We built a little website, oneheckofashow.com. And we had so many people sign up. We had over 200 students sign up. Just oh, to work with the show, that's awesome. Yeah, it it was crazy, and so uh, at that moment I knew, like, oh man, this this is no longer a joke. We actually have to do this
0: now.
1: <laughs> so. Now we're committed.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, if we we would be super excited if we could get eighty people to come.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, you're, you're you're just below free pizza. Just free pizza free gets pizza. a little more than you, but then there was you guys.
1: Hey, that's good to know, actually. <laughs> um, Cal, when did you? <laughs> You said you you uh, developed this idea on a napkin at Miller's Ale House. Um, mm-hmm. How long ago was this? How long have you been oh, at it?
3: Uh, I've been at it since... Okay, here's the story. I've been at it officially since 2015. But I knew when I moved to Orlando in 2014 that I wanted to do a show. Uh, I wanted it to be a late-night show like David Letterman. Letterman was still operating at the time. And uh, I knew I needed a band. And so... For some odd reason this is going to sound completely crazy. Like some type of Harry Potter schemish type thing. Oh, but...
0: fantastic. <laughs> Rob is the resident Harry Potter nerd.
3: Oh, that's great. You know I just finished Harry Potter Rob, so you know uh, I've all eight movies. The, I'm 20 years behind, oh, the, but the movies you just finished? I just finished the movies. How about the books? That's next. That's next on the bucket list.
2: You you did it you did it the same way I did it. That was a good choice. <laughs> Okay,
3: great, great, great. So, you know, anyways, you know, as Harry Potter's parents did, they thought beforehand. And so I built the band first, actually. And so um, the guys on the show on the side are actually my good friends and members of my band who've been there for more than two years. And so our chemistry had already, you know, settled in before we even decided to start getting on a camera, doing jokes and, and, um. Having an audience, and so we we begin to formulate and 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 have meetings. There are so many different groups of people uh, that it takes to make a show. It's like mind blowing. You, know, you you go to a content meter, a content writer's meeting. Who knew that you needed a group of people just to write content? Who knew that you needed
0: a flora? Of- if you ever listen to this show, you'll know that you definitely need a group of people to write content.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this this is probably true. Yes.
3: It's mind blowing. And, um, you need someone to book talent. You need someone to run the floor. You need someone to monitor the sound. And and they, they're like names for all of these positions. Like one show takes like 60 people. There's a boom operator. There's a, you know, there's this big crane camera thing. There's someone who, uh, you know, monitors the, 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 what's it called? With the words on the screen,
0: (laughs) uh, uh, the teleprompter the
3: teleprompter yeah, yeah the teleprompter thing which is so much fun uh trying to catch up with all the words and learning to read at the same time but um it's a lot of fun and so we started doing episodes we started doing little sets and we finally filmed our first official pilot episode which i i, I encourage everyone to go watch that it's on one heck of a com, or you can get there through our facebook page click the link you can see the uh, the first pilot episode of me running to the show it's really It really sets the mood and the tone for, like, where the season is going, and you can really understand what it's all about by watching that first pilot. It's just been fun ever since. Meeting, uh, we're starting a new segment coming up soon called Cooking with Cal. The interesting thing about that is I don't know how to cook at all. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: should be an adventure. (laughs) I was going to ask if I could come taste test, but I'm not sure now.
0: You may well, we only work a few, build- a few rooms down the hallway from where they film it, so there's a strong possibility that there's going to be a horrible fire. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> You'll hear Guinea the pig. fire alarm.
3: Guinea pig. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> well, would be we- more than happy to try out the food. I would, too, actually. And we'll definitely share a link on the Facebook. Um, very cool. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah. So you mentioned the band first of all. What type of music is the band?
3: Okay, uh, so we've had a fight about this, and at first we just did weird music, right? Weird music, like, guys. We're not going to be able to, you know, about weird music bands. Like no one gets the music you're playing, but everyone in the band thinks it's cool. Except, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're the only people in the entire United States who thinks our music is cool. You know,
0: <laughs> so I listen to a lot of weird stuff. Oh really? Oh yeah. I don't. And I've music. listened to Soul Chemistry today, actually. <laughs> There
3: you go. That's it's weird music.
0: music. <laughs> In fact, we have your new single right here. This is Do What You Want by Soul Chemistry. Give it a listen and tell us what influences you here.
3: Yeah. I just feel like grooving, man, you know. Sometimes the music, when it comes on, it just, you know, it does something to me. make me want to just party a little bit. I'm ready to, I'm just ready to vibe, you know. <laughs> if you want So um, just recently, we've started doing some pop and some R&B and some, you know, kind of rock-type stuff.
2: Wow. Super eclectic mix. Getting a little yeah. bit of everything in there,
3: huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. Quite a journey. It's been a lot of fun, too. We've been performing and doing gigs all over Orlando. and our The the, the gig we had the most fun was an 80s rock night. Gone.
2: Oh, oh. and <laughs> Tell us more, uh, tell us more.
3: <laughs> There's a place called Joysticks downtown. Have you guys heard of it? It's a. It's like a bar that is only I've, 80s game retro. You've
1: been there before? I've heard of it. I've seen pictures. They have a Goonies room, and I can't wait to get there. Just haven't been yet.
0: And Yeah, it, I'm old and lame, so I don't get a chance to do that <laughs> kind of stuff. But I did see the Goonies room, and I do want to go. I, I, can,
2: I can vouch for that. He is old and lame.
0: Yeah.
1: Can we get a third person to motion then? He's my boss. So I have to be careful. But, yeah, it's totally true. It's
0: totally true.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's been fun. Uh, you know, Joystick Set List, and we had to. You know, we did a full set, two hours of, you know, s- songs like Jump and Eye of the Tiger and Don't Stop Believin' and Moni Moni and uh We even threw in I Melt With You and all the 80s songs. Of course, we did Africa, which is one of our band favorites. We love all Toto, Toto songs, really. Toto Africa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Purple ray. Next Rain. time
0: that happens, I, I want to go. Yeah, you should. It's great. At one and- night. I will yeah. be not be old and lame. Yeah,
3: yeah. And uh the band, of course the band hates me, you know, every other week because uh, I just bought this really cool guitar, right? And I show up to practice with this guitar and everyone's like, "Oh no, here he goes again." You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing though.
3: Yeah, so we're playing guitar now and, you know, there's a lot of folks, you know, they think I'm just showboating, which I am,
0: but you know, it's a
3: guitar. Hey, come on it. You it, have can...
1: to you can't yeah. be lame behind a guitar. Exactly.
0: Is there a skinny tie situation? Cuz you can't really a... play a guitar without a skinny tie.
1: <laughs> I don't think you can really be
3: lame playing
2: a guitar either.
3: That's, you know, I agree with that and uh hopefully I won't be at our upcoming festival, but you know, it's great because when you're stuck behind a keyboard, you can't really dance or spin around like I do now and you can <laughs> I'm working on my splits and, you know, stage presence, so it's going to be great. So uh-huh. I would totally pull something if I
1: try to split. <laughs> <laughs> you said upcoming festival.
3: Yes, we have an upcoming festival. We're playing on August 26th uh, here in Orlando. Um,
1: what is the name of that
0: festival?
3: <laughs> uh, I can get the name for you in probably a few minutes. What I will send that
0: down name? to our research department. <laughs> yeah, that will <would> be great.
3: <laughs> I'm just, you know, they tell me, hey, Cal, show up here at 4 p.m. and play your guitar and make sure you in the right key.
0: Would this be the Veranda Park Art and Music Festival? Is it the Veranda Park? The largest art and music festival to hit the Veranda Park in Metro West?
3: It may be. I think so. I think that is it. It's August 26th, right?
0: It is August 26th.
3: Yeah, that's probably it. I'll confirm in like two minutes. We're really excited about that. We've been practicing and I've been showing the rehearsals actually, actually showing up to rehearsals. Can you believe that? Wow.
0: Professionalism.
2: I know. It's so lacking nowadays. Really? Seriously? Just just look at this podcast. (laughs) Oh, you
0: guys are great. You. you... Speaking of <laughs> speaking of us guys, um, so when will um, Heck of a Show be featuring a group of moderately talented podcasters that occasionally talk about stuff from the eighties? Very soon,
3: very soon.
0: Uh no, hope very very soon. Because I know just the guys, uh, th- the moderately talented ones, the
3: moderately talented. Yeah, those are the ones that make it to the top these
0: days. You know, yeah, the yeah, they, they run
2: this podcast called The Diz, and yeah. it, no.
0: <laughs> but if they're not available, we'll take their spot.
2: That's right.
3: Nice. That's how these shows work. And it is the Veranda Park Art and Music Festival. That's it.
0: Man, awesome. our our research department is fantastic. Yeah, Long-time. you guys are great. And severely underpaid. Okay, so here we go. As you know, on Give Me Five Podcast, what we do is we discuss a bunch of things, and then we pose a question based on at least one of those things that we talked about. So, uh, Cal, earlier in the show, we talked about the Night Begins to Shine episode of Teen Titans, Mm -hmm. um, which, if you don't know about it, uh, it it features a fictional band named BER and a song that can open um, up—it's an 80s song, so you'd probably like um, it—that opens up portals to a different dimension Mm. that is kind of set on the covers of 80s albums. So you got, like, that grid, and everything's kind of neon purple, and there's dragons and skulls and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, the villains are dragon.
0: Yeah, it's a giant dragon. So while watching that and afterwards, I was like, you know, I actually kind of like this song and it's a fictional band. So the question that I posed to the rest of the group and you, of course, was what are your five favorite fictional bands that are either in movies or TV? And then we're each going to give our five. We're going to discuss it a little bit. And then we're going to rank the combined five. To give the definitive give me five podcast list of best fictional bands in movies and television, so who would like to start I'll start <laughs> go for it Jimmy
1: all right so uh you know whether or not we share a couple of these uh the ones i it, the, the first one that comes to my mind is spinal tap mm. and now spinal tap as made famous by this is spinal tap the rock mockumentary um now this is a band that did actually go on to record, you know, several albums. They had um some really ridiculous videos, all this very tongue and cheek. My favorite one was Break Like the Wind. <laughs> I I just I love um uh, you know Stonehenge from the movie uh Smell the Glove. You know, they were just absolutely ridiculous. Um I I'm I'm going to com- not combine, but I'm going to make a weird connection between t- two of these. Um and Speaking of connections, this next band is from the film Miami Connection, which was actually filmed between Orlando and Miami by local Grandmaster YK Kim. And the band is Dragon Sound. Speaking of dragons, it's very 80s. It's it's wonderful. It's sense. It's, you know, crazy guitar leads. And the, the song um, that they actually perform in the film is called Friends Forever. Now... Making a a little bit of a connection here, my third band is Zack Attack. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. And that is uh, one of Casey Kasem's favorite bands, um, as he introduced in their music video for Friends Forever. Different song, same title.
0: I'm one of the Uh, few people that never got on to the Saved by the Bell train. Never watched it, never liked it. It was oh. on at the same time as G.I. Joe, which we will discuss later.
3: <laughs> okay, that makes sense, actually.
2: And once I got into my teens, it was all about Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I'm going to throw another one out there, though I don't think it it will make our definitive five. It's um, Jesse and the Rippers from Full House. Yep. Oh, which you did get
3: it! it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the
1: name actually sounds a lot cooler than the band but uh yeah Jesse and the rippers and last but not least I'm I'm very excited that I'm the first one who gets to say it cuz I know probably a couple of you guys at least will is uh wild stallions uh,
2: i think that might of be course. on everybody's <laughs> i think that might be on everybody's list
1: it's not on mine
3: actually all right, well, oh, hey. yeah, they were close, they were like number six, but
2: the weird thing is, is is
0: Wild Styans is probably going to be on our list, and I don't think any of us could really remember much more than the fact that they saved the universe.
2: true that and announced their names and they couldn't play they couldn't play musical instruments at all.
1: Yeah, they just kind of air guitar it. so that's my five Saint Dimas high School football rules <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's really cool. Now, hmm, I guess I'll go next. All right. (sighs) This was really hard, and it is hard now. I have to say, Uh, I'm going to give a a smooth number five to a band called Mouse Rat from Parks and Recreation. Nice, Andy Dwyer's band. You know, they have some mini hits like April's. You know, uh, you got sex hair, and you got you know (laughs) that song. You know, the five thousand candles in the wind. Bye bye, little Sebastian. You
0: know, bye bye, little Sebastian. (laughs) Song would be my uh, that that almost got that one onto my list as well. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's such a hit such a hit. so that's my number five number four and this is a little touchy I don't know if the band actually has a name if they're official or not but I judge bands by how well they do with audience interaction and reaction and I have to give this to Brennan and his brother from uh, <gasps> step brothers uh, <laughs> prestige Wine. they performed at the Catalina wine mixer you remember this and yes, uh, they, absolutely <laughs> He did the Spanish version of the Andrea Bocelli song, and um, <laughs> and that song brought the entire family back together. Like the mom and dad, think about, think about it. The mom and dad <laughs> had separated. I mean, all the girlfriends had, were strange. Like it was just weird. And all of a sudden, that song uh, made the entire movie come, you know, come that's, back alive. So. That's fantastic. Number three goes to the Blues Brothers, guys. Yeah. These, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, you know, it, really, seriously, like, you know, they sang so to where people were throwing beer bottles. They sang so to, a, you know, a quiet auditorium, got up and started dancing. Like, these guys are dynamic. Uh, they're part of American history, too. So, all right. My number two band goes to, I don't know if they have a name either, but uh, the band from The Wedding Singer, Adam Sandler. huh. You know, I gotta Was, give. Was that like the Dan Band or something? I I don't
0: think they had an official
3: name. I know he came from a band that had a name before, like Leopard
0: something. But it, the, Rob you know, is right. It is the Dan Band. Here the Dan, Dan Band. Boom. Oh,
3: cool. oh boom. that's right. One up me. So yeah, the Dan Band. They're dynamic. Love stinks. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Uh, these, but that's the
0: band did ruin. Do you really want to hurt me for me after hearing it forty-seven <laughs> times in a row?
3: <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I have nothing to...
0: could ruin the culture club for me, but that did.
3: Exactly. Now, the old lady rapping uh, at the end of the movie was dynamic as well. Like, come on. All right, so you guys ready for number one, right? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, all right, so I love the 80s, don't get me wrong, but the beats from Doug Funny, you've yeah. got to give it to them. Like, there's so many hits. Uh, you've got Killer Tofu.
1: Banging on a trash can.
3: Banging on a trash can. But my favorite is I Need More Allowance.
1: You know <laughs> Uh the Beats actually narrowly missed my Oh.
0: Yeah, you guys are young, so I, I just missed the the Doug Funny era as well. Yeah, I, I so was
2: I was not familiar with them.
0: But oh, um You're like five years shifted from us.
2: Yeah. But um the Blues brothers actually just missed my list and I felt bad about not including them on my list. They're in my honorable mention. Um but um yeah, they, they just missed my list. I guess I'll go ahead and go next then. <laughs> Because my my uh, exactly. my honorable mentions, my honorable mentions were the Blues Brothers. But the first band that I thought of when we were starting to do this list, um, and they did they were an honorable mention. They didn't actually make my final list after I thought about it a little bit more. But the first band I thought of was Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. Yes. Oh, now, if you remember, future. they're the they're the band that uh, Marty McFly got up on stage with and played Johnny B. Good. So that was actually the first band I thought of, um, and then I also thought of um, Death Clock because I I, I watch Adult Swim. Or I used to watch Adult Swim all the time, um, and they were on Adult Swim a lot. Um, and then of course the Wonders, or as I always like to call them, the Oneiders. Um because they because of that that uh, ill advised ill advised uh, way to spell their name, because <laughs> they were number one, so they put O N E dash D E R S. So Everybody kept going the Oneters, but um, but yeah. So that, those were my honorable mentions, and and I will say I really debated about including Millie Vanilli on this list, also. Oh, that's
0: dirty. <laughs> Good one. That is dirty. <laughs> that is. I believe that falls under too soon. It was too soon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so Millie Vanilli almost made the list, but no, I decided to keep them. Um, my uh, my number five was Wild Stallions. Um where I'm, I'm very broken up about the whole bill and Ted's thing, leaving Halloween horror nights. And I I had to give some love to wild stallions. Um, my number four was sexual chocolate. Oh, from coming to America with Eddie Murphy. He was absolutely hilarious. every time he's on stage and he's doing the the arms wide thing, dropping the mic. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Just fantastic. Um, my number three, um, is probably very famous for a song that has been stuck in every one of our heads at one point or another.
1: I almost don't want you to say it. I don't <laughs> want to say it. I don't know what it is, but.
2: Um, if anyone is familiar with the monomino,
1: <laughs> Oh, yes!
2: That belongs to Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem.
1: Yes!
3: They almost made my list, but I thought you guys would have thought I was weird.
1: <laughs> Rob's the weird well, I. They
2: know I'm weird, so it's on my – um, my number two was, of course, Spinal Tap. Um, I, I don't think any list is complete without them. Um, but my number one and – I, and I think I uh, stumped Jimmy and Greg when I told them you know, what, what my number one was because I just gave them the name of the band, and they were confused. But the name of the band is Figrin Anne and the Modal Notes, and they're like, well, I don't know who that is. And Cal, said, you yes is you do you know who that is? Don't. Yes, you do. You you do know who they are, and I'll tell you why. Because you're not familiar with the name of the band, but you know their song. You probably know them as the Cantina Band from Star Wars.
3: Whoa, yes, yeah, absolutely.
2: So they were my number one, because that's a song that just about everybody knows, even if they've never seen it. But they're so
0: weird looking. They
2: are. <laughs> and those instruments are kind of funny looking.
0: And they play weird music. Yeah. Okay, looks like I'm up. I too had a little bit of a honorable mention list. Uh, of course, on that honorable mention list, we got uh, Sonic Death Monkey. Oh, uh, wait, no, hold on. They just changed their name to Kathleen Turner Overdrive. No, wait. No, wait. Barry Jive in the Uptown Five. Yes. From High Fidelity, that is Jack Black's band where he rocked out to not an easy song to play, but uh, Marvin Gaye's. Was it Let's Get It On? I believe. And did it well. That was my introduction to Jack Black, actually. But. <laughs> Can you, really? um, how does that song go, Greg?
2: Not Tenacious D? <laughs> Can
0: not, you give us not, of not gonna sing that. I am not. <clears throat> Dang. It's worth a shot. <laughs> the ladies can't handle it, sir.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So here we go. For those of you guys who know me or listen, my first one is Citizen Dick, uh, which is from the movie Singles. Um, it is. Basically Pearl Jam. And it's got Matt Dillon on vocals, but he doesn't really sing. So it's really just Pearl Jam. So it had to be on my list. Of course. Stillwater from the movie Almost Famous is my number four. Um, I happen to really like the music of that band. Also, one of the members is um, from Pearl Jam, Mike McCready. <laughs> There's a theme here. So that was Stillwater from, from the movie Almost Famous. Which is one of my favorite movies. So those two. Number three... I'm going way out here, and that is Cold Slither.
1: Yes. Do
0: you guys remember Cold Slither?
1: That from G.I. Joe.
0: It is from G.I. Joe. So G.I. Joe had an episode called Cold Slither in which, and this is to just prove how weird the 80s actually were, where Cobras decided to make a band that was kind of like a Pied Piper band to take over all of the, the children's minds and get them to join Cobra. They had a... a song called cold slither to go with the band name cold slither and the reason why they decided to do it was because gi joe raided one of their like bunkers and got a bunch of like artwork and gold and stuff and they were literally concerned about having enough money to complete their nest their next fiscal year they actually talked about it in the episode (laughs) like i said the 80s were a very very weird weird time
2: Oh, cartoons in the 80s.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so in order to, to start getting money back, they repackaged Zartan and his buddies, the Dreadnoughts, the biker gang, into an 80s metal band called Cold Slither. Um, and oddly enough, even though I haven't seen the episode probably since 1986 or 87, um, the, the other day I woke up and I literally had the song in my head and I knew the lyrics. Also something not, I'm not going to sing. Oh, man. My number two is Crucial Taunt, which is Tia Carrera's band or Cassandra's band yes. in Wayne's World. And I like legit like their her version of um, I wish I wrote down the name of the song. Um, Let me stand next to your fire. No ballroom blitz. Ballroom blitz. um, Actually, like their version of ballroom blitz better than the original version because it rocks. I I kind
2: of do as well. Yeah, I kind of like that one. That got that on my list.
0: Yes, I agree. And my number one, which won't be a surprise since it was a couple other people's list as well, but that would be Wild Stallions. Because again, they save the universe, they have to be my number one. Sorry.
1: What what was the name of the club that Crucial Taunt played at?
0: Oh, it was the, the Communist Bloc or something like that, wasn't it? It was like a a, a Russian theme club. I, I thought there
2: was another oh, one. Oh research department.
0: <sighs> the research department is getting uh, is way underpaid. Hold on. You guys, while the research department is doing their thing, you guys need to start uh, opening up the conversation as to who you think the top five should be.
3: Mm-hmm. You well, know, I see a lot of potential in you guys' list. Uh, I'm thinking of Manana. Like, why did I think of that? I feel <laughs> I feel
1: like a failure. No, it's, I didn't think of it either, and I I really
0: don't want it on the list because I don't want to think about it. <laughs> oh, I just found a website. <laughs> I just found a website that would have made our lives a lot easier. The Rock, it's the Rocklopedia Fake Bandica. <laughs> it's an entire. Oh my god. It's an entire wiki page of fake bands that I did not. No existed until right now.
2: Ah, uh, preparation. Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: Unbelievable.
2: Dang it, Greg. Now this episode's meaningless.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> I am actually on that page right now, and also from Wayne's World, as mentioned,
0: are the shitty Beatles. Yes, they suck. They really do so.
1: <laughs> so, getting to the list. Um, the club is apparently
0: called the Gasworks, by the way.
1: That's it. That's the one.
0: Um, Thank you, uh, research department.
1: I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh... Uh, you know the Beats were an honorable mention for me, but that was, it was very, very close to making my list, and and I would have to put forward the Beats. Okay, I'm
2: if while while I do love them and they did appear on most of our lists, I don't know that in a defini- in a definitive top five that I can include Wild Stallions. What? I could prob I could probably be convinced. I could probably be convinced. But there's, there's a couple of others that I think probably deserve those spots.
0: Um, well, I think to try to convince you, I think the Wild Stands deserve to be there because it was rock, music and rock music. I'm convinced
2: music. you
0: would. Wow. Okay, there we oh, go. That was easy. <laughs> what I was going to say was music and rock music and all that. There's a part of it that is the music, but also part of it is the, memorabil- the way it's memorable and the performance. And – all of us, as soon as we started making our lists, had this cross our mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Fair Like, you would I never call, for example, in, in real bands, you would na- never say that KISS is one of the most talented bands of all time. But if you're talking about good stage shows, they would probably hit the top five. So that's Can why I, I am going to push forward Wild Stallions, if that is agreeable to all of you guys.
3: I agree. I think we should push forward Wild Stallions. Uh, but I think they should be a safe number two. Okay. I will t- I, I will type that at 2. Based I, upon – go
2: ahead. Go ahead, Cal.
3: No, I really want to hear it. You started with based upon. Come on. Let's I hear was, that. I,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say based, based upon sheer recognizability. Is that a word? Recognizability of their music. I would have to push forward either um, figure to Anne and the Modal Nodes or Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem.
3: Yeah. So um, Manamana is figuring to Anne, right? No, Manamana. No,
2: Manamana is Dr. Teeth. Doctor no, Teeth yeah, and the Electric yeah. Mayhem. All
3: right, okay, cool. Big yeah, and Teeth.
2: is the Cantina Band from Star Wars.
3: De- definitely Doctor Teeth. I think Doctor Teeth. And I'm not trying to push my health healthcare agenda here. I mean, uh, my uh, my list here, <laughs> but I think Doctor Teeth
1: should probably be number three. But I, I can
2: I can I can live with that. They were number three on my
1: list. Cool. I'm I'm going to kind of reverse track here a little bit, and based on. Not only name recognition, but the talent that comprise this band and the director of the film, who is the director of one of
0: my favorite films of all time, not Rob Reiner, John Landis in The Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers, I can't get it out of my head as something I should have put on my list, but didn't because I assumed that other people would. Because one, I had a blues period in high school about my junior and, and senior year where that's all I listened to and... Did you dress like that? I wish I should have. But but I definitely was a big fan of that and I got like a double album of theirs and it was probably the only person in that school parking lot playing that album over and over again, but I did. So, you know, you, not yeah. only do I think Blues Brothers is is should be on there. I think it's a strong candidate for possible number 1.
3: Uh, you know, for me Blues Brothers was competing at number 5 with uh the Beats. It's just hard to kick the Beats out. Because at four, I was going to put Spinal
1: Tap.
2: I would probably
3: say Spinal Tap should go on that list somewhere.
0: Yeah, I also have Spinal Tap as a... As I'd have to say number one.
3: I have a number one. I don't know if my number ones is you guys' number one, but I think they're definitely number one.
0: Uh-oh, what is that?
3: Millie and Vanelli deserve number one. <laughs> they are the best that yes! we've mentioned at this entire conversation. They are the number yes! one fake band in all of the universe! In all of the universe! Oh, yes! Very compelling oh,
0: argument. Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> so, is that, uh, that's gonna take the place of, uh, the Doug band, though. You, you willing to back that? Yeah. It's I, a very, I, very, very, very important am. list. That I'm sure everyone will immediately go on Spotify and start listening to stuff. That's right. I'm putting my vote forward for Millie Vanilli.
2: I can totally get behind that.
1: You guys I are was very, like, very easily swayed. Oh. I can I can remember uh, being really young and hearing Millie Milli Vanilli, and, and when it came out that that wasn't actually them, I was very confused
0: and um, really <laughs> shaken to my core.
2: Well, you know you can always just blame it on the rain.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. That's horrifying. Okay, so I I think I think I'm ready to call it here. So this is the order I have. You can yell at me afterwards. Ready? Um I believe I've got number 5, The Blues Brothers, number 4, Dr. Teeth, number 3, Wild Stallions, number 2, Spinal Tap, and number 1, under protest by me, Millie Vanilli.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: I can live with that. I can the live protest with that too. kind of feebly we- anyway, so it's okay. <laughs>
0: We can leave it under
1: protest. Cal is very and convincing. It at... He's very, very convincing. I agree.
3: <laughs> I mean, it just feels right. It's only right. You know, when he said it, uh, it's like truth settles in, you know? You have to accept it.
0: It feels so wrong, but it feels so right. Oh, man. Okay, so that closes out the definitive Give Me Five podcast list. So, guys, thank you for spending your time with us, and I'd
1: like to extend a special thanks to Cal Hankerman for joining us.
3: Hey, thanks yes, for having thanks. me. Yeah, thanks thank for you coming. So yeah.
1: much. Uh, check out Soul Chemistry. Check out the show. Follow our link. We will be definitely posting them on our Facebook as well. That is the Give Me Five Podcast. Remember the five as always is F I V E. You can also give us a shout out on Twitter at give me five pod, check us out on Instagram under the same name, give me five pod, or email us at gmail at Give me 5 podcast
0: at gmail.com. Uh, Kyle's show is called Heck of a Show if you're trying to look it up. Um, also, you could 100%. possibly catch him at any number of festivals that he might wander into and play. Just <laughs> randomly? Yeah. <laughs> I I'm supposed to be here on the 28th, so, you know. That'd actually be a pretty good shtick. Just walk into festivals. He walks in and just
2: sets up and starts playing.
0: Yeah, I mean, a guitar. <laughs> who's who's going to kick him out?
2: Hey, what is they're, the like, um, Not me. they're like, um, sir, this is a renaissance festival.
3: <laughs> yeah, so? That has definitely happened before, i tell you that.
0: So any last words, Cal?
3: Yeah, guys, uh, connect with me on social media, you know, LinkedIn. <laughs> no one checks LinkedIn. But I'm on there, Cal Hankerman, uh, so definitely check that out. Um, and I'm everywhere, all over the web. Um, Cal Hankerman, H A N K E R man. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys, again. Uh, this has been great. It's been a lot of fun. Congratulations to Millie and Vanilli um we know that you need this award it's more like healing
1: actually we'll isn't that it just
2: congratulations mail. to millie
1: we won't get too far into that too soon